Jones. Five of Dowry, the Saudi football podcast by Arab News. Another huge week of action to look back on in the SPL. The end of a historic summer transfer window, which literally has me out of breath. And an international break. So much going on and so much to look forward to. As always, with me is Arab News sports editor Ali Khaled. And of course, later, we'll have our very own superstar Khaled Al-Arafa with his weekly dispatch from Riyadh. AK, only one place to start. I'll look back on the last week. Uh, we hyped up the Classico between current champions Al Ittihad uh, and ex-champions Al Hilal. And boy, did it exceed expectations. Hi, Pete. Welcome back. Uh, good to be back on the show. It was incredible. Uh, absolutely incredible match. I mean, we spoke so much about that match uh, that, you know, Al Hilal will be looking to a bit of revenge for losing their title last year. Al-Ittihad would be looking to put down a marker. You know, they were top of the t- table, you know, like to show that as champions, you know, they are there to retain their title. And I know I, you know, we, we thought it's going to be a close one. I, ultimately, it did end up being a close one. But, uh, you know, Al-Ittihad were leading 3-1 at halftime. You know, uh, Abdurazak Hamdallah scored the third in, in stoppage time of the first half. And it really looked at that point that, you game know, over, were, it? Yeah, it looked game over. And uh, and then, you know, Alexander Mitrovic scores a hat-trick. <laughs> Amazing yeah, stuff. You know. Another Newcastle connection. Another Newcastle connection for you, Pete. You know, like he <laughs> scores a hat-trick and, you know, Saudi hero uh, Salim al-Dosri scores the winner. 4-3 to Al-Hilal, away from home to Al-Ittihad. In- absolutely incredible match, you know. And, um, you know, so much of the of these matches have delivered in the opening uh, weeks of the season. I've been saying it for a few weeks now, you know, like I think a lot has been put quite rightly on all the transfers and um, on the transfer window and what's been happening there. And obviously it's not going to affect Europe. You know, where there was all the hype about possibly Mohamed Salah coming. But at the end, you know, you know at some point we're going to have to concentrate on the football and what better way than that match. Absolutely incredible. Absolutely brilliant. And for those listening that are aware of Newcastle United and, and have watched them, Ali Mitro did his customary. It was nice to see he did his telephone celebration, uh, which is a which is a throwback to when he first started playing uh, the, in yeah. the Premier League to phone to phone home. Um, yeah. So. And, and honestly, if you have to go and see, I think it was his second goal, uh, the volley that he did. An incredible finish, uh, you know, Such sensational, you know. And uh, if you haven't seen it yet, go Google it and check it out. It was, it was, it was fantastic. If he keeps goal. his temperament in check, Ali, and, and and concentrates on goals and not cards, he'll be a seriously good addition to, to that league. Um, listen, speaking speaking of which, I've got to call you out, though. You did, I'm, I'm bringing it up, and you've kept it quiet. We not, You've not <laughs> mentioned it once. You predicted an Al-Itihad win for this one. I did, I did, I did say two one to Etihad, uh, uh, and I was feeling 
pretty smug at halftime. I was thinking, well, I, mean, I think I think I got that right, that one right. But uh, you know, what can I say? Like Mitrovic was brilliant, and you know, you know, um, you mentioned it there. You know, what an addition. You know, they they still have Neymar to come. Obviously, they've got Milinkovic. Wow. They've got like such a great squad. We've been saying it over and over again. You know, they you know they they want their title back, and you know, if Neymar comes back and uh, from injury and performs to any of his old standards, you know, they're going to be really hard to stop. I've got another question for you based on, I know I threw you a curveball in last episode. I've got another one because I've been thinking about it. Uh, and again, it comes from from my own team. You know, all of these players, Ali, that have come in and some great names, absolutely fantastic talents. It's something that we're realising at Newcastle United within the midfield area. Is this is this relevant to, to, to the SPL now? Bedding these players in, do they need time? Do you think? I mean, obviously, Mitro is scored a hat trick. I know that, but you know, you're talking about Neymar to come into the side. Where do they all fit? Because there's so much individual talent, and you know, we talked about yeah. time last time out. Um, how do you see that playing out? Yeah, it's it's a really good question because if you remember on our first part of the season. Um, uh, we had Filippo Ricci from uh, the Gazeta on, and yeah. he had been in in uh, in Saudi watching the King Salman Cup, and he was saying, you know, different players adapt differently. You know, like some of them take longer to adapt to the to the heat, to the humidity, to the new environment, and all that. And others, you know, adapt pretty quickly. I think it was clear in the early weeks of the season. You know, a there was, you know, Al Ittifaq, for example, had a great start. You know, and and people mentioned that. You know, Jordan Henderson was, you know, running his socks off, you know, absolutely exhausted at the end, you know, which you expect from him, you know, the the ultimate professional and all that. But, you know, like clearly the, the weather conditions were tough on him and on the other players as well, you know. While someone like Mitrovic clearly comes in and, and performs straight away, Malcolm scored a hat-trick as well, you know, in his opening. Firmino scored, Firmino, Firmino scored, yeah. Yeah, scored a hat-trick on the opening, but he's had a few injuries, uh, injuries since. So obviously injuries play a part, but how you adapt to the weather conditions, because they are, you've gone from really, really tough, uh, you know, heat, humidity, and the, the timings of the game sometimes. I think as we move into... The end of September and October, it will get better for sure, you know. But definitely, that there is that bedding in uh, period, you know. I think we've been lucky with a lot of the matches where they've really delivered in terms of entertainment and, uh, of course, some amazing results and performances. Um, so very entertaining football, great fans and all that. But in terms of individuals, as as you mentioned, it's a very good point because you know not all of them are going to adapt, uh, uh, you know, in in the same. Um, uh, in the same time period, and we've seen that so far. Some of them have excelled, some of them have been good, and you know, some of them haven't, haven't even started yet. Uh, uh, that rounds up of putting Ali on the spot for our weekly <laughs> for our weekly basis. Listen, elsewhere, one of the big shocks of the season saw early joint leaders Al Ahly. Uh, they were well and truly humbled, weren't they? They really were, Pete. They really were. Uh, I mean. <laughs> Five-one loss. You really wow. did not expect that, you know. Uh, they actually took the lead. You know, they 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 were after six minutes. They were one-nil up at uh, Al Fatah. You know, a match many people would have expected them uh, to win. You know, obviously Al Ahly had just come up. You know, they'd be promoted, but they are one of like the, you know the country's traditionally big clubs, and you know they had hit the ground running in in the opening weeks of the season, as we mentioned. Firmino scoring the hat trick on that opening day. But you know, Fatah brought it back to one-one at halftime. Then they then they went up for like just I think on the 58th minute they were two-one up. Still, it was a close match, and it was just in the last 
you know, in the last minute of the match and stoppage time, El Fadek just blew them away, you know, with three more goals, 5-1. I mean, you, you know, you might say there are mitigating circumstances. They had a player sent off, but you know, the player was sent off again in those uh, final minutes of the match, you know, and to concede three goals, um, you know, to lose 5-1 in any manner for Al Ahli at the moment was quite, uh, was, was really quite a surprise, you know, so no one, no one saw that thrashing coming. No. And listen, as predicted, we said recently it's only a matter of time before Al Nasser start to climb up the table. And there was another hugely impressive win from Ronaldo and Co. Yep. Uh, you know, they, their big wins are really starting to rack up now. They lost the opening two matches of the season, but since then they've been, you know, free flowing and banging in the goals. Uh, the latest uh, win was a 5 1, was 5 1 against Al Hazm. Uh, Ronaldo, Sadio Manisco again on the score sheet. You know, Ronaldo is absolutely on fire at the moment, and Sadio Manis uh, is chipping in with the goals. They look absolutely formidable uh, right now, Peter. You know, and uh, if it's with with everything that's happened in Saudi football, with all the new signings, you know, Cristiano Ronaldo continues to be, you know, just you know, force of nature, you know, sort of stands, you know, above almost everyone else. You know, he is the news every week, you know, whether it's good or, you know, like occasionally there's a few negative stories, you know, like recently, you know, there was a couple of, you know, short clips that showed people trying to get, you know, a selfie with him, but he's he's in a bad mood and, you know, he shoves them aside, you know, and, you know, he gets criticism on social media. So whatever happens, he is always the story. But, yeah, he's he's playing. can't win AK, though, because at the end of the day, if he'd stopped, he was he was annoyed because his team wasn't doing well. His own performance wasn't at his high standards. And if he'd stopped and smiled, and then he'd be accused of not taking yeah, the games. Yeah, yeah. And so, also, you know, you can't win. Absolutely. And look, I mean, he's you know he's well known to take the time with his fans and all that. He's great with the fans, yeah, you know. Absolutely. When 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 the time is right, you know. But you don't expect to be. I mean, a couple of those incidents, you know, happened sort of within the confines of where players and technical staff are, you know, sort of technical staff of other clubs. Yeah, or or like, yeah, or people, you know, who, you know, should not be asking him at, you know, there's a time and a place for everything. So I do feel for him uh, occasionally uh, with these things. But yeah, like uh, he's doing it on the pitch and he keeps doing it on the pitch. So I think he's... um, you know, he continues to be the story in the the, the top story in the in the SPL. Um, and listen, I mean, uh, a, a couple of other. You know, we want to give a shout out to Stephen Gerrard's Ittifaq, who you know obviously started really well, were joint top, you know, fell off, uh, you know, the, the, the last week. And um, but you know, they're back. They beat the Mac three one. Musa Dembele, the new signing, scored twice again. You know, and, and what a signing, by the way. Yeah, brilliant signing. He's turned out to be. You know, so so great for them. And you mentioned it last week or the week before, you know, what a story developing at Al-Ta'awun, uh, Peter. A 4-1 win over Al-Wahda, and they find themselves second in the table behind Al-Hilal. Only on goal difference. Incredible start for Al-Ta'awun, who really have been, like, sort of, you know, under the radar over the last couple of years, you know, but, like, really solid club. And, uh, you know, to find themselves, uh, you know, uh, second in the table behind uh, Al-Hilal at the moment is incredible. I think, you know, I think most people will realize possibly that's not going to last, you know, again, you know, we, we expect Al-Nasr to just keep improving, Al-Ahli to probably get back, you know, um, uh, Etihad, of course, are up there, you know, they dropped after the loss to Al-Hilal, but so we expect the top four to be there, but this is just a reminder that it's not just about the, the, the big four, you know, it's about, you know, there's, there's so much more to the league and, you know, Al-Ta'awun is, is a great early season story. 
It is. It's a massive. It's a great story, and all, you know all of this in, in the football. I was looking this week, Ali, at the, at the Saudi twenty thirty vision of football being a small part of that, and it's all coming together. It's just. It's a bigger picture than just signing players. It's really starting to come together. And the most important thing, from our aspect of, of a football perspective, is that we're just being treated to so to, to so much great action week in, week out. Speaking of influx of players, we can all take a collective deep breath now because the a truly astonishing transfer window and I say astonishing because that's that's the, the magnitude of it is finally over yeah Peter listen I mean you're calling it astonishing it's you know we've called it unprecedented before we've never seen anything like it possibly we might never see anything like it again you know I mean we will we'll wait and see on that you know uh but incredible I mean there's uh so much. I mean, we, we've we've really been talking about it. It has been the talk of the summer. We've been talking about it on our pod. I think the media has been talking about it all over the world. You know, it's no point me going through every single transfer that's happened. You know, I think we know we're we're familiar with them by now. Yeah, yeah, we'll be here for a long time, and we're all familiar with them. You know, some incredible talent that has come there. You know, I think in a way, I'm I'm happy the transfer window's over, and I think. A lot of the coaches will be happy because, look, yeah. as fantastic, as exciting as it was, you know, we, we follow these, uh, you know, uh, in, um, transfers. It's had a knock-on effect with Europe, you know, right up until the close of the Saudi window. Was Mo Salah going to come from Liverpool? There's like so much, you know, and, and you know, we, we, again, we go again in January and possibly next summer. Uh, but in terms of football, which is what we, you know, really, as you just mentioned, you know, like we really want to watch great football that at the end of the day you know and in terms of that i think the coaches will be happy you know i think a lot of the fans will be happy as well you know look it's it's great you know for entertainment and all that but you know transfers big transfers are not you know an end to themselves you know it's it's you know we want to see them on the pitch we want to see results coaches want to be settled you know they want to have settled teams i mean you mentioned it earlier you know also like at, at Del Hilal, you know neymar still to come and all that but they need time to bed in they need to get a system going you know they need to get you know and look you know, some some clubs already ha- are having bad results. You know, and mm. uh, and you know, imagine uh, maybe not. We're not talking about the top four here, but you know, you know, you, some clubs are b- bad for. Uh, excuse me, they, they've they've had bad results. So even this early in the season, there's pressure on the manager. And if you haven't had the chance to bed your players in, you know, you know, you might be out of a job before you've had a chance to like, yeah, you know, <laughs> work work with your final squad. You know. Absolutely, I think I think we were hinting at that in the, in the last couple of episodes that you know the pressure the pressures mounted with you know the, the club owners having delivered the level of players that they are so the pressures on the coach to deliver those results. Um, okay, turn our attention to the international break, and Saudi would play two friendlies at a place that is very close to my heart. It is home, of course, uh, St James's Park, Ali. Um, fantastic. Yeah. Uh, it's the first time I think, Sa- well, I think it's the first time that Saudi Arabia will play at St. James's Park uh, against Costa Rica and South Korea. Uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see, like, you know, what sort of uh, uh, crowd shows up. You know, will the, will the, will the local crowd show up and, and, and uh, you know, fill St. James's Park, give them a truly great atmosphere, support the team, you know. Um, it, it'll be very, very interesting. I think... Um, Obviously, there's the interest that it's uh, Roberto Mancini's first two matches as well. You know, he'll be taking them seriously. You know, I mean, this is not just, uh, you know, they are, they are friendlies and all that. But the big games for Saudi and uh, for the Saudi national team 
are just around the corner. You know, like there's yeah. this World Cup qualifiers start soon. And of course, like they'll be looking at the AFC Asian Cup, uh, the 2023 AFC Asian Cup. But of course, it's being played in January because it just it was supposed to be held in China that got delayed and now will be held in Qatar at the start of the year. And I think the expectation will be Saudi Arabia need to win this, you know. I mean, need to win sounds a little bit uh, like we're putting a bit too much pressure on them. But, you know, I'm sure that's what the Federation, when they signed uh, Roberto Mancini, would be thinking. You know, we need to go out there and not, you know, it won't be good enough to get to the quarterfinal or the semifinal. We need to get to the final and try and win this. You know, it's been a long time since uh, Saudi won the Asia Cup, Asian Cup, uh, Peter, uh, 1996. So it's time for that to happen again, I think. I agree. Absolutely. Time to introduce this week's guest on the episode. Um, no stranger to the show and no pressure because the last time he was on, we had a million views from our amazing fans. So step up, Matt Morahan. Matt, how are you? I feel a lot of pressure now. You don't, don't feel any pressure. It's, it's about to, to, to the contribution that you make. Um, listen, it's yeah. it's it's a fascinating period of time, as we discussed the last time out, but mm. a slightly different angle on, on this episode. Where we, we've got an international vibe going on. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we've had all the. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I was going to say we've had all the the drama, the transfer window just closing, haven't we? But now this is kind of like this is the nitty gritty. Now this is the other side of the project. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we, you know, we've been talking, Pete and I, uh, you know, over the last few days as well. And as exciting, you know, I mentioned this in the, uh, you know, earlier, but uh, as exciting as all the transfers are and all that, you know, I think we all want this to settle down into like, a, you know, and just focus on the football, not be distracted by any transfers. And I'm sure that's what the players and the, the coaches want as well. You know, they want like a bit of stability and, um, you know, to focus on the football. And of course, you know, like the Saudis two games, you know, Matt, I know you've been following, uh, you know, the, the Roberto Mancini stuff, or all this uh, happenings on in Saudi. What do you think he's going to be looking for in, in these first two matches? Because, you know, there's not a lot of time for before the big games come around. I mean, this is a really important and short stretch of matches coming, isn't it? We've got the friendlies against Costa Rica and South Korea. And then, you know, fast forward a month or so, and it's straight into World Cup qualifiers. Another month or so after that, you're into the Asian Cup, and there is so much expectation around that Asian Cup. It's been, I mean, how long has it been? Nearly 30 years since yeah. they won. So it, this is this is big, because like I said, the, 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 the transfers are all about, you know, gaining international exposure, raising the level of competition, but ultimately it's about having a competitive Saudi Arabia team. And this is, Mancini's really got not much time at all to fit in. Yeah, I mean, we, we were just um, we're thinking as well, you know, they've, you know, they've got these two games in uh, at uh, Newcastle in St. James's Park, mm-hmm. you know, which, which obviously like with the tie-up with the with Newcastle United, it's very, it's very you know, it, it's a nice sort of, uh, Tie up, you know. We're wondering like what the crowd's going to be like. Is there going to be a lot, a lot of Saudis? Is there going to be a lot of Newcastle fans are going to be there? So it's it's interesting. I think there'll be like interesting visuals. I think a lot of like uh, there's be a lot of media hype around it. But you know, Mancini is surely going to be looking at, you know, as you, as you say, there's no honeymoon period here. You know, he's going to be looking at like I need to get this this team, you know, fixed as early as possible. Know who he's who's starting. And uh, I know you mentioned uh, earlier, you know, of uh, of. Uh, when you and I were just texting, you know, it's not just about the players who will be starting, it's about the players who aren't going to be there as well. So who do you think, uh, what do you think uh, uh, will be close to the starting lineup? 
I think you talk about missing players, and I think the big one, it seems, and there's obviously no Al Farage, who's been arguably the best, one of the best Saudi players, certainly the best midfielder of this this century. And obviously he, you know, he's not really, he's barely kicked the ball for Al Halal this season. There's the constant injury problems. We saw that at the World Cup, didn't we, where he was absolutely exceptional in the first half against Argentina, then had to come off and then we didn't see him again. And I guess this could be a chance for Mancini to, to move the team along. Um, in regards to the starting team, I think, I mean, for me, the goalkeeper's got to be Alakidi. He is obviously broke through Al Nasser. He's been, he's been helped by the injury to Ospina um halfway through last season but has really taken the opportunity there and when you're looking in i guess in defense i think abdul hamid is one of the best saudi players i think he's probably in the top three i'd say saudi players he's a lock on the flank al ganam has looked great for he's looked invigorated under castro at nasa we've seen a real attacking side to his game that hasn't really been that present before that's been interesting to see and like what were, what were you thinking at center back which players were you were thinking of exciting there yeah, I mean to be honest, I'm like uh, we were we were thinking. I was, I was like, uh, my question was more not not so much about like yeah. the starting eleven, but you think you know we've been talking about Saudi Arabia, uh, you know, like not really having a goal scorer, you know, someone who you can rely on to mm. like get uh, like uh, too many goals. So we're really looking forward more like to the the, uh, the forward lines, you know, who do you expect to be the attacking players? And I know you've got one in mind. Yeah, well, I think it's a really interesting time for Saudi Arabia, both. As we speak, and in the months ahead leading up to the Asian Cup, because uh, I mean, Abd Al Hamdan has really come back from nowhere at Al Halal and started the season so well. Uh, two goals in four games. Uh, and then you've also got the other likely competitor to start up front is Faraz Al Burkan, who we saw at the World Cup. He often played in like a, a wider role, didn't he, the World Cup moving around. Um, and what I find interesting about those two is it's not just about this month. It's about what happens in the next few months. We've already seen Al Hamdan start the season incredibly. Al Halal find Mitrovic. And, you know, it's going to be all about Mitrovic for Al Halal now. Faraz Burkan was a regular Al Fatah, doing really well, and has obviously taken the opportunity to go to Al Atli. Is he, how much game time is he going to get at Al Atli uh, when you've got Firmino? So I think it's. That's the position, isn't it, for Saudi Arabia? They've, um, I guess, struggled for quite a lot in recent years to have a real proper number nine. We've even seen at major tournaments seen Fahad Al-Muralad playing in like a false nine position. I think you've got two players who, I think that, yeah, they're both 23. They're both exceptional talents in regards to, I guess, looking at an, an Asian perspective. But now they're in clubs that are looking globally. So what are the opportunities for them? And that's got a real impact on Mancini because ultimately... He's going to need goals in his team to win trophies. Yeah, I mean, Matt, we know, again, we've been saying the same thing for the last year, really, since the World Cup uh, with Renard. Um, you know, he built a very solid team, you know, which barely conceded. If you remember that run of friendlies before mm. the World Cup, they were barely conceding any goals at all, you know, but they weren't scoring many. Um, and I think, again, you know, even before the influx of all these foreigners, there weren't that many Saudi strikers getting their chances uh, in the league because, you know, the, the foreign players tend to be like, uh, you know, the star forwards. So, I mean, that's something uh, to keep uh, um, an eye on as well. Uh, but, you know, we they, they always have Salam al Dosri they can count on. Yes. Uh, and <laughs> I think we shouldn't forget that, uh, uh, you, know, you know, amid all the, you know, the hype of all these players, you know, he was the one who got, uh, sure, Mitrovic got that, that fantastic hat-trick, but, you know, Salomon Dosri scored the winner against Etihad. 
You know, Salim Aldastri, I think, has got such incredible ability. We've seen it in World Cups, we've seen it in Club World Cups, that it almost doesn't matter who the company is, he's always going to shine. And when you've got a player of that ability, you've always got a chance, particularly if you look at the Asian Cup. If he turns it on, goes in an incredible run of form, he's got that ability to take the team to the places Mancini needs to go, and he's got the ability to take them there in a quick way. And if you look at Mancini, he's normally favoured a 4-3-3 formation. Um, I think he'll fit in perfectly for that. So it's all about Aldossi now. Just consistent run of games, staying fit. Hopefully he's in great condition in all respects coming into the Asian Cup. Matt, final question. Um, I just uh, I said that before you came on air that you know, we we think that Saudi Arabia now it's a time for them to really challenge and, and try and win and, mm. and win the trophy. You know, like uh, it, in the last time they won it was in 1996 in the UAE. So, um, do you see this squad? You know, Mancini's new squad is it strong enough? I mean, I don't think really a quarterfinal or semifinal will please anyone, you know? Do you think they're good enough? I mean, we're putting on a spot here, you know, but do you think they're good enough to, to, to win it? Well, yeah, I guess they were such a huge disappointment, weren't they, the last Asian Cup? Because there was, there was quite a bit of excitement heading in, because obviously they did. I know the World Cup had started badly before that, but it ended well, and then it just didn't happen, did it, under Pizzi at all at the Asian Cup? Um, a big, I think a big barometer is the South Korea friendly for both teams. South Korea under enormous pressure, Jurgen Klinsmann. I think he's yet to win a game. And obviously, they're, they're another nation that's expected to be right up there challenging. So that's a huge barometer. If they can do well in that South Korea friendly, I think that'll show how far this team can go. If you look at the, the players, again, it's players on paper and both the prestige of the manager. You have to say, yes, Mancini's obviously the failure to make the World Cup shouldn't detract from winning the Euros. And he's won, he's basically won silverware nearly everywhere he's been as a manager. Um, and with the players he's got at his disposal, I mean, why not? They have to be amongst the challenge. I don't think it's even up for a debate that even if they do not challenge with these players, with the league they're playing in, then that is an enormous problem straight out the straight out the the traps. Amazing. Uh, talking about, we put you under pressure at the beginning of this segment. And <laughs> you just put the pressure firmly, squarely on the shoulders of Roberto Mancini. Great as always to have you. Listen, just to to end this little segment off as well. Um, it's a it's a, a late summer in the UK as well, so Saudi going to Newcastle and playing at my beloved mm. St. James's Park is going to be a great occasion, so we look forward to that, and we look forward to welcoming Matt Monaghan back on really soon. Um, Matt, thanks for your time. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be roasted in Newcastle, isn't it, the weather at the moment in the UK? Unheard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks, guys. A pleasure as always, and uh, yeah. Okay, now it's time for Khaled Al-Afra's dispatch from Riyadh. Khaled, take it away. What do you have for us? Hi, Ali. Hi, Peter. How are you guys? As I told you before, every week we have something special here in Saudi Arabia. This week, we had Mancini signing a contract to be the head coach of the Saudi national team in a conference that I hosted here in Riyadh. Uh, It was really a big conference. A lot of TV channels attended, covered international not only in Saudi Arabia a lot of newspapers uh, were there as well there he answered a lot of questions but one of them that I wanted to mention that someone asked him what is his target what is his objective right now he said Asia 2027 and as you know Ali and Peter the age the, this Asian Cup 2027 it's gonna be in Saudi Arabia so probably he's gonna start building a new team including some of the old names we're just waiting for this FIFA day to see who's gonna pick 
I don't think he has a lot of time to look around, but we, we'll, we'll wait and see. And on the other hand, uh, I covered Al-Hilal Al-Ittifaq match. Al-Ittifaq and Gerard lost their first match. It was a really tough match in Riyadh against Al-Hilal. Al-Hilal won it strongly. I mean, Al-Ittifaq entered the game without two of the missing two of the important, most important players for him, Dembélé and Martial. So the team was suffering. They didn't have a lot of opportunities in that match. But I spoke to Kualabali after the game directly. I asked him, how does he feel? Because the guy was injured. He said this match was really difficult for him because he just came back from a 10 days injury. But he had mentioned, he had mentioned that after the arrival of Yasin Buno, they, uh, they started feeling more secure, the defenders, because him and Ali Al-Blehi now, they're in a good combination, including Yasin Buno. I think they're safe. And he said, uh, he promised Al-Hilal fans to give them 200% of his uh, energy because they deserve it, the team deserve it, and the guy is so happy, promising them to win more games. Ali, back to you. And we'll hear from Khaled again next week. Always fascinating to to, to hear what Khaled's got to say because he's there, he's our man on the ground, so it's uh, great to hear from him as always. Okay, final word to Ali. The transfer window is closed. We're on an international break. Uh, no SPL sort of putting you on the spot and asking you for any fixture guesses. Yeah. Uh, but what can we expect do you think, in, in your sports editorialise when the SPL returns? Well, Pete, I mean, like I mentioned before, I think with the, uh, with the transfer window closed now and the first uh, um, international break of the season, I think when we come back in a week's time, it's probably when we finally, I, I feel like the season really gets going, you know, that yeah. we've had some, we've had some great football in the early season, you know, and, and, and none better than Al-Hilal's 4-3 win over, uh, over Etihad. Absolutely like a, an instant classic, you know, we were, we were calling it uh, in the newspaper, you know, so, but I do feel like, you know, there was a lot of focus on transfers. You know, we knew this international break was coming. There's been a few injuries. The point you made about players betting in, I think, you know, once we get back from the international break, we can really sort of like focus on the SPL and like look towards the next four months with those players. You know, like we know who the players are, the, the coaches know who their squads are. You know, we've had four matches of the season where, sorry, five matches of the season where we we can, you know, like we've sort of we've figured out, you know, you know who's who's performing, who's not. You know, uh, even even like with the, you know. The unexpected start from Cristiano and, and Al Nasser, you know, they lost their first two games and we were like really, really surprised. But we, we did say it will only be a matter of time. And sure enough, you know, they're only four points on the top. They're, they're getting there, you know. The, the table is taking shape. And I feel like now finally we can like focus on the football and, you know, going forward, like for the next four months, maybe not talk as much about the transfers, you know. It's been done now. We can talk about performances on the pitch and results. Absolutely. I think the jostle will settle down into a pattern now with players expecting to retain their places now that everything's settled down. That's it for this week. We're all off to St. James's Park in the green and white of the kingdom. Good luck to all concerned there. Uh, we'll see you again next week on Dowry as the SPL returns to action. 